Nicole Brandon, and welcome to Unlimited Life. We have such a special and extraordinary show for you today. Today we are here, and it is Valentine's Day. It is a day where people are declaring their love, sharing their love, and longing for love. And when we created Unlimited Life, it was my deepest desire and goal to bring you the experts from around the world that had the very best keys and tools and techniques to truly living an unlimited and unbridled life. And today's guest is exactly that. We are so grateful today to be able to have Lisa Rose with us. And Lisa Rose is the founder of Deeper Love, Better Sex. She is just highly sought after as a relationship coach, and she specializes in working with successful women who are thriving in their careers, but they're striking out in love, and how many of us know those women, as well as with couples who are really ready at this point to discover deeper love, a juicier love, a connection that's just one that's meshed together, a tapestry of love and of the fairy tale life that with a happily ever after that we always have dreamt about. And she has a private practice, and she has guided hundreds and hundreds of single women and couples on the journey to deeper love and better sex. I can't wait to hear this conversation. And today we're really looking at what does it mean to have that kind of relationship that's unlimited, that kind of relationship that we always knew was possible. And so it's a great privilege and pleasure to introduce today's guest, Lisa Rose. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nicole. Great to be here with you today. Wow. So I'm so thrilled that you're here, and I think it's just such a perfect, perfect day. And I guess my first question is a question I always love to ask my guests, and that's the did you know question. Like when you were six and seven and eight and a little girl, were you able to help people, were you guiding people? Is that something that's been innate in you always, or is yeah. it something that you grew to discover? Yeah, it's such a great it's such a great question, and um, it really speaks to. I am so often aware when I work with people that none of us were handed a very user friendly relationship toolkit or a manual. <laughs> So that leaves us to learn by discovery and a lot of trial and error. And often I think of myself as somebody because I've been most of my life gathering and growing and expanding this toolkit, and then I have kind of this arsenal to share. So I would say that what uh, what pointed me on this road is I always had a very deep yearning for a co- for connection. I'm not introverted. I'm not really didn't like to spend a lot of time by myself as a kid. So connection and relationship was something that I was drawn toward and and motivated by. And I was a pretty, you know, I had a lot of energy. I remember one of my uh, uh, first spoken and well-used phrases was, you're not the boss of me. So, you know, I was like, I was I was declaring what kind of relationship, what the terms were going to be for a relationship pretty early on. I did not like to be uh, bossed around or, or told what to do. And, you know, fortunately my family gave me a lot of room and a lot of space 
to to basically be myself and they didn't try to squash me but there also wasn't a lot of modeling and a lot of you know there's so many great things that parents have at their disposal now for really coming into a deeper relationship both with each other and also with their children so I would say that um you know no I learned through discovery but I also learned by really recognizing what wasn't working for me and at a certain point you know I had enough history of just relationship to say am I really getting what I want here am I really creating the kind of relationship that feels really great to be in and I mean, I, I I could say a lot more about that, but I'll I'll pause here. Um, I, I would say in answer to your question, no. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate this so much. I mean, love is so tricky. And today, I mean, I went to Vons this morning. You know, a typical it's Saturday morning. I went to Vons. And it's the first time on a Saturday morning the place was filled with men. And they were carrying balloons and flowers. Like like every checkout counter was guys carrying flowers and balloons and candies or stuffed animals and stores and bonds. And there's like an old lady and somebody with a baby carriage. (laughs) And so why do you think there's so much weight on Valentine's Day? Well, just it's, it's sort of an irony that in this culture we hold it up with all the, you know, the hallmark and the balloons and, and all of those things, but there really isn't a lot of attention given to this is how you create functional, healthy, thriving relationships. So Valentine's Day has, you know, it's a great day to sell products and to and to create a certain amount of drive and desire, but I think it also really speaks to underneath all that. We are wired for connection. We're wired for love. You know, that's that's what we're made of. And unfortunately, there's things that get in the way of our capacity to be open, to feel connected, to be really authentic, to take the ch- to feel like our heart can weather another another chance. And so I think of love as often it's 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 twofold. It's it's really learning a set of skills so that we have tools at our disposal so that when we hit bumps, we have ways to navigate them that bring us closer into connection rather than further away. But it's also chipping away at the places that leave us scared or afraid or doubting. And so Valentine's Day is kind of a reminder of how important that is and also, I think, how possible it becomes when we have when we have tools. You know, I, I like to say it's like if somebody said to you, Okay, here's a hammer and here's a screwdriver. Now go build a house right? That's kind of the expectation. It's like we're just thrown out into the world. Most of us what we learn from our parents parents or caretakers isn't necessarily stuff that we want to model. You know, there are exceptions to that. But a lot of times we're just kind of left on our own, and the good news is in this day and age there's no shortage of resources. You know, There's so many books and coaches and workshops, and I like to think of you know I'm just kind of doing my part, but there really isn't much excuse anymore for having to suffer in the same ways that either our parents did, other generations did, or even we might have earlier in, in our life. Mm, that's such a great answer. I mean, truly. And I know in looking at your bio, I mean, I've had 
you're just so amazing. But it says here that you started as a body-centered therapist. Yeah. And I think that we forget that we're human beings. You know, sometimes the idea, the concept of love is so ethereal. It's so out there. And the fact that you bring it back to who we are, I absolutely love that. And can you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm so intrigued by that concept. Yeah, that is is really essential. And, I mean, there's a, a, a number of different layers to this. But I would just say, to start off, that love lives in the body and fear and defense also live in our body. So one of the things that got me interested in working with couples in particular is when I was working as a therapist, I worked in a very experiential, body-centered way. And basically what that means is rather than just encouraging my clients to go off in their story and to give me a lot of data and reporting, which you can do when you're still very disconnected from the direct experience, um, meaningful things land in our body. They, They land in our system. That's where we feel them. And so when I started working with couples, it was so rich to have them do these little micro-experiments with each other. Like I'm just thinking about one example I would often do where I would have them lean into each other back to back. And this would be an opportunity to see, okay, is one person taking the position of being really um, kind of rigid and upright and not able to take in support and only able to receive support in a very limited way. And this is the kind of thing that it gets it out of the head and there's no way to deny it, but then there's also a lot of opportunity to play with it. So if we think of it as a laboratory, you know, you go back to that exercise and I would just invite them to maybe kind of soften into each other so that they weren't, they weren't collapsing, but they also weren't so rigid that they could really feel each other. And even though it sounds very simple, that exercise alone was so poignant and so revealing. And I would invite them to continue to try it at home to see kind of how the continuum was changing and to also get a feel for how they could share this experience of leaning in, maybe being more the support, maybe being more the receiver. And that then became like a living metaphor for how they might be in relationship with each other. So I would say that's that's part A. The other thing that I I draw from a lot in my work is the more resourced we can be in our bodies, and what that means is the more grounded and connected and really associated. In, in this culture, we have a strong bias toward thinking and thoughts, and we go off in our stories, and we just like abandon the body, which is where our felt senses. Or there's so much important information in the body. And one of the things about relationship is it can be, when we're in a good sync with another person, it's incredibly calming and incredibly nourishing to the nervous system. I know for myself that my nervous system is much more regulated as a direct result of being around somebody on a regular basis who has a good impact on me. You know, it's it's calming. But unfortunately, what often happens is when couples get in a cycle where there's been a lot of aggravation and a lot of triggering, is instead of having that calming effect, they actually just keep triggering each other. So the more Uh that each of us can learn how to self-regulate, how to actually notice when I'm getting activated, when I'm getting triggered, 
and I don't really have a lot of resource to sometimes just push the pause button, come back to my body, and come back to being able to feel myself so that I can start to notice, am I breathing, right? Am I in fight or flight? And that's where the body becomes, it's like an essential guidepost, and it's also the place where we get to experience, you know, all those juicy, yummy feelings. Mm, that's so wonderful. It really is. And I know that you and I were talking about at the top of the show, people who have been in multiple relationships, you know, two, three, four, five marriages, really, whatever that is, and that they want to do this one different. And even it's Valentine's and they want to do it different than they did it before and they don't want to give too much or receive whatever that is. And so I know that you were saying that there is a common factor in all of those relationships and I also know in reading through your material and in knowing people who have worked with you and the profound change that you've created in your life that there is a way to create really like a deep and a, a permanent and change that sticks that that's the right way to love, not, you know, whatever that is, the right way to fill the well in which that love then flows. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'll speak to the, the first part of your question first because it was a real watershed moment for me. It was really one of those moments that's kind of indelibly etched in, in my mind and also in my body. Many years ago when I was, exiting a relationship that I have to say it had been one of my worst ever. You know, I I hadn't chosen well. And as a result, the relationship was very frustrating. It was unsatisfying. It was challenging. And when I exited it from it, I kind of sat myself down and I recognized that I do not want to experience that again. I do not want to make whatever mistakes or be led by whatever was leading me that contributed to me choosing that. So I kind of had a very honest assessment with myself, and there's there's two parts that are equally important when we're stepping in and kind of going back out into the relationship world, and, and one of them is, who do I want to be? You know, who am I really committed to being And what do I need to address or explore or discover inside of myself so that I know I'm not going to turn into a raging lunatic (laughs) or somebody who badgers and criticizes or somebody who's really closed off and distant? You know, like what are the things that I've heard from my partners and lovers that have gotten in the way that I want to really address? And at the at the other end of it is who do I want to be choosing that is going to contribute to me being this person? You know, one of the reasons I really decided to get out of that relationship is I didn't like who I had become in partnership. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it was, I felt like it was bringing out the worst parts of me. Um, so that's I think, a great you know, statement. Yeah, it was it was it was a reckoning. It was it was hard to face that, but you know, the the person I'm in have in my in my life today, my partner, it's like I feel like we really bring out the best in each other and we we contribute to each other's growth and development and discovery. I really think of a relationship as like this rich learning laboratory. 
And as long as we're not choosing to fall asleep or blame the other person or project everything that we don't like onto them, it can stay a very rich laboratory of of kind of never-ending discovery. So I'm not sure if I answered your question, but we can certainly circle back to uh, what the what the original question was. Absolutely. I mean, as we're talking about, and I love that you're sharing this, that you you know didn't like who you had become in the process, because I think you used an expression when we were talking that you said in that relationship the common denominator is that person in that yes. relationship, and yes. so that's sort of a riveting thought. <laughs> yes. You know, I was working. I was talking with uh, one of my clients recently, and she uh, she's in her in her third marriage. So we were, you know, in this conversation, and I mean, that is a very common sentiment that I hear, where people walk into relationships with a lot of hope, and a lot of anticipation, and a lot of sense, sort of conviction. This time it's going to be different. You know, I have found the right person, and I'm different. And sometimes it is. You know, sometimes it definitely is. But again, it's a real moment of reckoning when they're sharing with me or their girlfriend. You know, we're having the exact same conversation that I that I had in my last marriage, or you know, the the one that I swore I wasn't going to do over. I feel like that's who I'm becoming again. The good news in that is that we cannot change another person. We can, I believe, have quite a bit of influence on somebody. But the only person that we can ever really affect change toward is is ourselves. And so, again, that can be a very rich, pivotal moment of what is it? Who am I being that is contributing to this? I mean, this woman, I'm not you know, going to um, give away any confidence, but she was talking about how she notices herself either blowing up a lot and just like blowing off a lot of steam or kind of hiding out, and those two are often very connected because if I'm imploding and, and and holding everything back and not really being honest about my feelings and my needs and how things are going, then at some point it's all going to bubble over and it's going to come out in a more explosive, aggressive way. So, you know, we started unpacking that a bit, and she's discovering how she can start to listen to the signal before it becomes a volcano, because there definitely are signals before we're in eruption. And then we get to make the choice about, you know, what do I want to do with this information? How do I want to attend to it? Does it need to be spoken? Do I have the language to do it in a way that's not going to be damaging? Or is this, I think an equally important question, is is this really something that's just between me and me? Is this something that I've been carrying mm. around in my own personal you know, kind of storehouse? And I really like to suggest, I was listening to one of your earlier guests and he was making this point about, you know, I see this a lot with couples. It's so easy when we have somebody that we're very close to to just, project and blame everything that's not right in the relationship and sometimes even everything that's not right about our life onto them. And the moment that we stop doing that and kind of take another level of self-responsibility, everything changes. And just shifting that dial of our attention to 
how am I contributing to this and what might I shift? Because even when we go to have conversations about dynamics that are occurring in the relationship, when I'm having that conversation from a place of self-responsibility, don't you think that's likely to be an entirely different conversation? Absolutely, and that's funny because that was my next question to you, was that, you know, when you were talking about making poor choices, which I love the rawness and the honesty of that, and I was going to ask you, can one be trained or can we learn to make better choices? How do we, and and so by what you're sharing right now, by setting that dial, as you're saying, it really lends itself to all of a sudden our choices become better because the clarity, it's a different perspective. It does. It does. And, you know, Nicole, this is huge. This was, this was, it really was a game changer for me, and it's why I include this process in all of my programs because I actually found it really helpful to go as deeply into it as I wanted to go um, with the support of another person. Um, but I think people sometimes, and I see this a lot, especially when I'm working with with a single woman, and they're like, what should I say in my profile, and how do I know what to look for? And I had that same confusion myself. It was like I had this very long laundry list, I mean, down to just the minutia of who this person had to be. And that can become very, very confusing because it's like we don't know how to wait every individual thing. Is the car he drives just as important as his character? Is the fact that he doesn't want children, you know, just as important as where he lives? And it was it was actually confusing for me. So I I developed what I call honing my love compass. And this has been so helpful. <laughs> and what it is is it really comes down to you get to choose three on each side. There's there's three deal breakers, three things that if you know are in the equation, like for me it was no addictions of any kind, you know, not to sex, not to drugs, not to food, no addictions. Um, And then like what are the three things that you know will actually be deal breakers? For some women is if he's already had a child and doesn't want to have another child, like pay attention to that. So you really flesh that out and you get clear about that. And then on the other side is what are the three things that if they aren't there, you know you're going to be pining for or missing or it's going to be hard to to reconcile. And I'll tell you, the beauty of this is that what happens is, first of all, that clarity in ourselves really does become like a magnet. I, I like to think of it as it tells the universe who to put in our path and who not to even bother with. Because we're like we're we're wearing a banner that says this is what I'm available for, this is what I'm interested in. So that's you know that that that's a really big part right there. And then here's where the rubber hits the road with it because this is this is where it became really helpful for me. Um, when I would meet somebody who let's say he had one or two things that were really on my desired list, but there was one big thing that was on my that's not going to work list. And before I came to this process, I would try to negotiate with myself and be like, well, okay, you know, he does smoke on occasion or he does have a, you know, like whatever it was at the time. And when I stopped making, when I stopped having that negotiation and making those allowances, I felt like, I was at a whole other level of clarity about who I chose. 
And it was interesting because from the time that I stopped being with this other man to the time that I met my my partner of today, there were a couple of other men who I dated. And I got to really see, huh, yeah, I can see that in the in the long run this is not going to be a fit, and it was much easier to tangibly, tangibly point to how I could know that. I'm not saying that we know this on the first date. I mean, I think that's another mistake to make, um, unless there's something that's just entirely off-putting. You know, again, getting to know somebody is a process. But when one of those things shows up, you know, like I was working with a woman recently and she was saying, um, I don't want to date outside of, I forget if it, if, it, if it was her zip code or a certain radius of miles. And then she saw, you know, this profile that looks great. And I said, well, where does he live? And she's like, well, it's a, sh- it's a plane ride. It's a short plane ride. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's really see. How does this compare with what you've committed to? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love this information. It's really extraordinary to think about when you open that up. And you're so wise and you're so clear and you're so fluid in the way that you share. And I know that people are listening to this show right now and they're just wondering and biting at the bit at how they can work with you and how they can hone their list and how they can find their true love and not stumble again for the third or fourth or fifth time or even stumble before they begin. And so do you work on Skype or do you have relationships? What is the best way to find you and to work with you? Great question. Um, so you, the, I'm on. I have a website. It's www.deeperlovebettersex.com. Um, I've got a blog there. I've got a video series. So I have a couple of different programs, and I really like working with people at different stages of relationship. Um, I have this kind of fast track program that's called the Love Plan, and this is for <laughs> women who. Um, I mean, who couldn't use a love plan, right? It's like what I'm signing up today, Lisa. Come on, I'm here for myself. <laughs> Good. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> this is really for women who, you know, it's hard to get back in the dating world if you've stepped out for a while. Um, things things have changed, but also I think often, you know, I hear issues about confidence and what do I wear and who do I know who I want to be with. So I really like holding their hand, but really empowering them to make really good choices. And sometimes part of that is, you know, if there's been a big blow-up or a lot of hurt, we want to address that. So I've got a program that's really about making sure that either your next step into the dating world or if you're in the dating world and not liking what's happening, that we we can turn that around really quickly. And then I also love working with women who are, you know, at different stages of relationship because what I consistently find, and this this surprises everybody that I work with, but they all testify afterwards, is that it really only does take one and the whole tenor of the relationship can change. And often that one, I I have seen over and over, and I've certainly experienced this myself, as the woman, we have a huge influence in how our man shows up for us. Huge. Huge. So I, I find that when a woman just stops doing maybe a few of the things she's been doing that have been pushing him away, shutting him down, turning him off, 
and starts doing just a few different things that are going to make him feel loved and appreciated and desired, the entire flavor of the relationship changes. So that's a longer program. That's called the Love Map. Um, and then I have this really sweet day. I've been doing a lot of these recently, so uh, couples like to do them as a, like a Valentine's Day gift. This is called Relationship Reboot. And this is about a, a half day. It's a wonderful way for, you know, sometimes relationships, they can just start to feel a little dry, a little crusty, yeah. a little like, well, I know we love each other. I love your choice of words. <laughs> A little crusty. <laughs> yeah, we want to dust off the crust. And, you know, I will admit I have a personal bias. I know it's a legitimate choice to be great platonic friends with your partner, and I don't, I don't judge that if that's really what you're both choosing. But personally, my bias is, like, why miss out on the juice? You know, like that is just that's part of our connection is a really juicy, yummy, exciting passionate exchange and that can look a whole lot of different ways um but you know when couples i think become just sort of like platonic roommates or platonic friends again it has a very different flavor than when we're feeling alive in our bodies and feeling desire for each other and also you know the nervous system is very affected and very influenced by all the hormones that happen um through through sex. So if you want to find out about any or all of that, um, the best way is probably on my site. There's a work with me page with a, a tab that does a nice job of explaining the different programs. And I, um, anybody that I work with, I really want to make sure that we're a great fit because when we go on this journey together, it's a lot of fun. It really is. It's a very deep but also very um, kind of life-changing journey. So I always want to get on the phone with anybody so I can answer your questions, we can meet each other, and um, I offer a complimentary session. If you want to hop on the phone with me, uh, there's lots of information about that on the website. Just go to the Work With Me page. That's great, and that's the deeperlovebettersex.com site, correct? Exactly. Yes. I yes. I just love the name. How did you even come up with that? You sat down and went, oh, oh thanks it. for asking that. Thanks for asking that, Nicole. It's kind of a cool story. Um, it's kind of a cool story. So I had a practice for a while that was really geared toward just working with couples. Um, and I was starting to realize that I wanted to expand my work and I really wanted to just, you know, work with people at different stages of relationship. And I was trying on a couple of different names, and um, one night I went out. Uh, I'm a contact improv dancer. It's one of my favorite forms of movement, and I was getting ready to dance, so I was, like, rolling around and stretching and moving my body, and deeper love, better sex just came to me. It just was like it just came through, <laughs> and I was very strongly guided that that was going to be the, the, new, the, name, the new name of my business. And uh, I guess it really does, you know, I, I, I have come to see that love really does make sex better and sex really does make love juicier. And what both of those have in common is they require good communication. And so when you've got those three things going on, you've got way more than a hammer and a screwdriver to build your house of love. Oh, just fabulous. 
And I've got a question for you, and you're talking about your first program, the one that I'm the first signature today. But, you know, I know on your website that you were saying so many people, so many women, we'll talk about women for a second, are successful in business and not in love. And so why do you think it doesn't cross over, that that you can become a successful career woman, person, whatever, successful in your life, but yet not in love? Nicole, that is such a great question. I love speaking to this. So here's why. When we are <laughs> in our um, you know, business, we're often very focused on what we're achieving, our next project, our to-do list. I know I get like overly focused on, on my to-do list. And I'm often thinking very strategically about my business. I mean, my business actually got a lot more fun when I started – doing a lot more from my intuition and from my feminine and from my guidance. But whether you're in the corporate world or you're the CEO of your own business, you are in charge. That's part of what goes with being a driven, successful woman. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't want to you know, disparage that at all. But when we take that same hat of being in charge and calling on the, all the shots and we take that into romance – it backfires. Part of what makes relationship um, go really well between a man and a woman in particular is some polarity and some polarity between the masculine and the feminine. So we all have both aspects of ourselves and they're all really beneficial and I'm never suggesting put one down just in exchange for the other. But when it's time to be with your man or to go out on a date or to be in a more receptive space, we have to be able to shed the skin of I'm in charge, everything rests on my shoulders, I'm making all the decisions. And I, I'd like to just offer a little experiment here because I think that this was very telling for me when I developed this and started using it myself. Like if you're listening and you're a woman and you are running a company or you know just doing something big in the world, as I know many of your listeners probably are, just take a moment and kind of feel into your body what it feels like during your day. Are you watching the clock a lot? Are you paying attention to checking stuff off of your list? And there's a certain energetic that goes with that, right? And then just imagine taking that same way of being out on a date or meeting up with your man. Like, like what does that body and that energy feel inspired to do? Okay. Now imagine yourself, just, just as a counter, maybe you've just gotten out of the bath or you've just taken a hot tub or you've just done some dancing or some movement and your body feels lush and relaxed and you're connected to your body and you're not all up in your head and you're not thinking about checking stuff off. I'm imagining that they each one feels qualitatively different. And in order for a man to be able to um, really enjoy the feminine, which is one of the things that men are the most attracted to, and sadly one of the things that tends to really dissipate in, in, in longer relationships, is he wants to feel his masculine, and part of the way that that's going to come out the most strongly is when he can feel our feminine. So I have this practice that I recommend for women 
Um, and I have actually trained my guy, you know, if he comes home and he can see because my office looks out the window, so he can see if I'm sitting at my computer. And if I've got that kind of like, you know, I've got to get this thing, da-da-da, I've given him permission, you know, you can come in, you can touch me, you can rub my shoulders. Like, I really want to transition out of that I'm in business mode to, to I want to connect with you. So here's what I invite uh, what I invite my clients to do, and I'll share it with you, is at the end of your day, change out of the clothes that you've been in when you've had your I'm running the show hat on. Right? Hmm. Like, do not go okay. out on a date in those same clothes. And also, any way that we can kind of shake that out of our skin, like I work a lot with movement, so shaking, stretching, just moving your hips, moving the body in a way that feels kind of more luscious and helps us get more connected to our, you know, to our feminine and out of the head. Um, but I think putting some conscious awareness to the transition and to also, it's like the more fleshed out that sense of how the different bodies feel, the more choice we have about which one is going to be appropriate for whatever activity we're, we're in. That's beautiful. That really is. And I love the idea of changing. I mean, not, you know, like in a phone booth and being like a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> but just, yeah. Just, but the idea that we allow ourselves to step into that feminine role, it's almost like the costuming of the crown makes the queen or something like that. Just oh, that one like little that. touch. absolutely changes it. And I love because as you're sharing this and saying, here's a suggestion, just change or have somebody touch you in a way that all of a sudden brings you back into your body and back into the feminine, I know that you have an e-book, and I'm so intrigued by this because there are seven steps. (laughs) And I love, especially for the corporate mind or for the entrepreneur mind that says, oh, there's a plan and there are steps, and if I do A, B, C, D, I can have deep love and unbelievable unbridled sex and passionate life and that happily ever after I've always dreamed about having. And so tell me about your ebook. Yeah. Well again it it's like there are there are definitely steps and steps and tools are, are kind of interchangeable and again it just comes back to like do I want to be limited to just having a hammer and a screwdriver? And here's the beauty of it is that what I discovered is when I started really paying attention to cultivating the um, the internal resources that were going to point me towards success in my romantic relationships, every single relationship in my life improved. The ones with my girlfriends, the ones with my team. Like I can honestly say that I have almost no drama in you know my sort of relationship life, and relationships are complicated. So. You know that's not that's uh, I, I attribute that to having some 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 tools for that. So the 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 ebook is really about kind of maps out um, seven essentials that are going to keep us connected to our own sense of of, of needs. Like for one thing, just just one. I'll just highlight one: boundaries. Okay, so boundaries are a really big issue in relationships. <laughs> And when wow. we know 
what our boundary is, when we know what a yes feels like. Again, this is where the body plays such an, a, a key role. What a yes feels like and what a no feels like. And I trust myself, so I'm not stepping over and capitulating because somebody's asking me something when when I say yes, my stomach tightens and I, you know, I want to like punch you, but I'm saying yes because I think I have to. So just just that alone. So I I talk about boundaries. And the nice thing about the book is it starts with a love assessment quiz. So this is just between you and you. You know, nobody's going to be looking over your shoulder, but this is a chance for you to get really honest. And it'll also kind of um, spark some inquiry through the questions about, you know, all of us bring strengths to relationship. None of us would have made it this far in our life if we if we weren't already bringing some strengths and some some resources. So I really like to think about we build on what's already in place and then we we also put attention to what are the things that you've picked up along the way that really aren't serving you having the kind of relationships that you want. And so each, each, each part of the book, first there's a quiz, and then there's some content, and then there's really practical, tangible ways that you can put the step into practice into your life so that it doesn't just stay theoretical. Because if there's one thing that we get to experience every single day, it's being in relationship with other humans. So I really I wrote that it. book. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, sorry. You really wrote the book for, and then I'll share. It's, yes. it's like it's like a roadmap. You know, it's like I I use this analogy a lot that when I go to a foreign country and I don't know the currency and I don't know the terrain, it's really nice to have a guide. And I like to think of the work that I do as you know I've got my headlamp on and I'm just a few paces ahead of you, saying you know don't step here or do this or try that, and um. You know, the beauty of it is we all get to make it our own, but I wish I had had, I feel like if I had had that guidance sooner, I definitely would have made fewer mistakes along the way. But that's such a great image, it really is. And I'm so glad you shared about boundaries because it's funny that that was actually something that I've been working on and had worked on for a long time. I didn't know that I didn't know what boundaries were. And I think most of us think we know, I mean, it's a word we learn when we're in second grade or something and you know what a boundary is and you know how to define it. But I was at an inner child workshop. One of my guests had invited me and they had a section where we had to sit down and write our boundaries. And honestly, I it was a blank sheet of paper. I didn't even know what one was to be able to write it down. And, you know, I, and I know at one point in my life I bought two-seater cars for a very long time because people would always ask me to take them to the airport, and I could never say no. But when I had a two-seater car, we get to say, oh, I'm so sorry, but it's you or your luggage. <laughs> but it was like, but I don't that think... That is such I mean, a great example, Nicole. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you, you just pointed to, I mean, that's such a great example of, you know, how many different places that that shows up. And I have to say, it is it is an area where there's a lot of confusion, and when that when that piece alone starts to come into alignment and clarity, and we're able to really give clear, congruent. Yet, I mean, I would guess that as you started to develop a, a clearer boundary system, did your experience in relationships really start to to, to change? It did, and actually now I have a four-door car for the first time. You know, you <laughs> so everything changed absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's huge because, I mean, 
when I am saying yes and then sitting with a pile of resentment about it, it's like, where's the favor in this? I mean, who's really benefiting from this? And at the same time, when I am giving or 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 offering from a place of, of really joyful, like I'm not doing this, there's no should, there's no guilt, there's no have to, but it's just because it feels good in my being to say yes to this, um, you know, there's just like there's so much more room for for joy and for possibility. And the other place where boundaries are huge is around touch and intimacy and how do I express what I like and what feels good and how do I give myself permission to say that actually doesn't feel that great and what would feel better is. I mean, this is this is a lot of the time actually in the couple's day is devoted to some of this kind of fine-tuning because I've worked with women in relationships who basically have decided I don't want to have sex anymore because he doesn't know how to touch me. And again, when we pull, you know, pull that back and unpack it a little bit, it's like how many conversations have you had where you've let him know what feels good and what doesn't feel so good? This is such important information, Lisa. I'm so thrilled that you're here to talk to, you know, everybody today about this because I think that especially today, today is a day where we wake up and we think, oh, my gosh, you know, what am I going to do to make this day special for the person that I love or are they going to make it special for me or I wish I had a Valentine, you know, and and here's another year and another time and another and I'm unloved, I'm unworthy, and whatever that is and all those conversations that go on and you just hit so many different levels of love and of worthiness and responsibility and infinite possibilities. So I absolutely cherish the work that you're doing. Well, thank you, Nicole. You, you've been asking really great questions. It's been really fun to be in conversation with you. And, you know, there, there, there's two things I would like to just say around the, the, the particulars of the Valentine's Day. And one of them is, it, it can be painful if, you know, we're we're longing for a partner or in a partnership and it's not what we had hoped for or it's in it's in a low point. But you know, this is a real opportunity to kind of face that. If you're single and you've been putting all of your attention on your career and you're telling yourself you don't need a man or you don't have time for a relationship or you've got a bunch of great friends, I want to invite you to really really be willing to be another layer of honest. And that might actually be true for you. But there's a lot of women that I've worked with where that's kind of the story that they're telling themselves, but it turns out that there's still a lot of longing and desire and they've just sort of made an excuse. Or if you're dating and you're kind of asking yourself the question like, well, I'm, you know, I'm dating, I'm putting myself out there, but if you're not meeting men that are a match for you or you're meeting men that you like and they're not sticking around, this is another opportunity to just get really honest. And what I like to say to people is, wherever you are today, imagine yourself six months from now. Imagine yourself a year from now, and you're in basically the same place. And just be really honest with yourself. How does that feel? If you're wiggling with joy, great, celebrate that, whether you're single or partnered. You know, it's not up to me to determine what's right for you. But if the truth is that you're in something that you think could be better or you haven't dated in a while or you're just kind of waiting for him to show up at your door, you know, whatever it is, 
it's like this is a great opportunity to just really be honest with what you want, with what you've decided as possible, and to maybe take a stand and maybe take some action on your own behalf for, you know, relationship makes, it's one of those things where it makes a huge difference in the quality of our life. It, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced that, right? When something's good, it flows over into how we feel about, you know, our our health and our career. I mean, I work with a lot of women who their income start to skyrocket when they get their relationship stuff worked out. So I think it has, um, we could call that maybe a, a rollover effect. I think there's a better term, but, um, you know, relationships make a difference to us. And then the other thing I wanted to say about that is, you know, of course, we're all going to be subjected today to the commercials and to the outside influences. And Hallmark. what I want to just remind, <laughs> yeah, Hallmark, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, if it's going to really light you up, if nobody brought you a box of chocolates, go buy yourself your favorite candy bar. You know, treat yourself. You don't have to wait for the partner. You can go buy yourself a really sweet bouquet of flowers for $5 or $50. And what I always like to remind my clients is that the love that you are eventually going to share with the partner, all of that love is already inside you. That's where it lives. It's in your heart. You might end up with somebody who evokes it or helps you connect with it in a bigger or stronger way or helps you feel less afraid to love, but that love is in there. So today you can take all of that love, whether you're partnered or not, and just give it to yourself in a really juicy, big love shower where you're appreciating. You know, like I like to often suggest that if there's one or two key phrases that you're really wishing a man would say to you, say them to yourself and let yourself really take it in um, as if it were true. Mm, what beautiful advice. Absolutely beautiful advice. And I know we only have a couple minutes left, but I believe that you have a workshop coming up, and I just wanted to put that out there for people that are listening right now and just totally know in the calling of their heart that they have to take the next step. So six months from today, they're not in the same place they are right now. Yeah. Well, I do want to really encourage anybody out there on the call um I, I promised Nicole that everybody who was on the call today, I would make space for you if you want to have a, I call them my love makeover sessions. Um, I'm happy to do that with you. And the ebook is available to everybody. Just go to Deeper Love, Better Sex, and if you put in your name and your email, we'll send that right out to you. And this coming Wednesday, I do a monthly call series. It's called Let's Talk About Love, and each each call is devoted to a different topic, and this coming Wednesday we're going to be talking about how to open your receiving muscle and let the love flood in. And this again comes back to so many of the things that we've been speaking about, but this is one of my favorite topics because I have heard from so many women say something to the effect of, you know, my partner doesn't do this, my partner doesn't do that, or I'm not getting this, or why won't he... And it turns out that so often without her even knowing it, she has cut off from receiving. 
And so mm. this is a cycle that we definitely want to get out of. And it's very simple to turn this around. And when we start opening, I mean, I've noticed in the last few years in my life, men open doors for me much more than they ever used to. Opportunities come to me. Um, I meet the right people. And and having the receiving capacity open, it's like it, it, it opens up this infinite possibility. So you're all invited to the call. Um, just go to Deeper Love, Better Sex, and on the tab that says, let's talk about love, um, you'll find a way you can sign in. You do have to register, because otherwise we can't get you any of the dial-in information. But um, I'd love to have you. That The nice thing about these calls is uh, there's content, but there's also an opportunity to come on the line and ask me questions, which most people don't get unless you're working with me privately. So, you know, if you've if you've been up against some particular challenge in your love life, come to the call and we'll talk about it. Wow, that's just wonderful. Thank you so much. I mean, what a generous offer to be able to do that. And if you've been listening out there today or any day that you're downloading this and this happens to fall in your lap and into your heart and you want to hear it over and over again or you've been taking notes and there is something you missed and what Lisa was sharing about boundaries or the steps to love or anything that she has put out there today, you can listen to this simply by sending a text message to 55678. Just five five six seven eight. It's that easy, and the text message is simply Nicole, and you can get a copy of today's show or any of our archive shows. But I know that's always really helpful, because I know even myself, as I'm interviewing my guests, so often I want to go back and listen over and over at something somebody said, and it has just simply opened doors and changed my life. And this information today is just so beautiful, and can make such a difference in your heart, in your world, and your life. And it's just. It's so much fun having you here. And as we wrap up the show, I would always love to ask my guests, since the show is called Unlimited Life, what does unlimited life mean to you, living an unlimited life? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Well, um, I am somebody who doesn't like limits, as I think that you're not supposed <laughs> to too much captures. <laughs> I don't like limits. So an unlimited life means that I'm doing a lot of what I love, what I'm passionate about. You know, for me, that's things like dancing and hiking and spending time with friends and spending time with my guy and eating good food and, you know, just like being able to follow my impulse and to follow the wisdom of my body and that I'm doing as little of possible as possible of things that I don't like to do and that I'm doing from a sense of obligation or pressure. And that creates a lot of sense of possibility and a lot of freedom um, and a lot of pleasure. So mm-hmm. thanks for asking. You you have really asked some wonderful questions today, Nicole. It's been such a delight. I mean, obviously, this is one of my favorite topics. I'm passionate about it. But it was really fun to uh, to dive in and kind of, you know, just dial into some of the specifics with you. Because I think if there's one thing that I want your audience to know, it's like, I know it's easy when we're when people are seeing us as, you know, I have a great relationship and I'm really happy. But trust me, it really wasn't always that way and if i can turn it around anybody can turn it around it really is possible there's no reason you have to go without so um i'd love to leave you with that and to of course wish everybody a fabulous valentine's day and to really be loving toward yourself today no matter what 
Lisa, thank you. I mean, truly magical. And the word stunning comes to mind when you look at something and it's absolutely breathtaking and stunning. And that's what your work is. I mean, you absolutely open hearts in an entirely different way and change lives. And really that happily ever after can come true. And that unlimited life in love in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul. I love that you dance. I love that you move. I love that everything that you teach, you put into the body and into the soul as well as into the world. And so it's been a complete joy having you here. We look forward to having you back again. And I wish you and your beloved a very happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, Nicole. I wish the same for you, and I wish all of your listeners a very, very juicy day. And thanks for inviting me. It's been great. Thank you. Wow. What a wonderful guest. Thank you. Lisa Rose, deeperlovebettersex.com. Go there. Do a session with her. Take that next step. Unleash your love. Have that unbridled feeling, that ecstasy, that bliss, that passion, that pleasure, that lust, that what she calls juicy. All of that can be yours. It's all inside of you. I love the fact that she said all that love that's in your heart, that's what you're going to share with people, that who you are, all that love, all that wonderment, all that magic, all that beauty, all that gift of you is what you get to share with somebody else. And so for all of you who are out there today, I wish you an unlimited life, an unbridled life, and from Lisa Rose and from myself, we both wish you a very happy Valentine's Day and may each and every one of your wishes and dreams come true. 